Texas forever. I just keep thinking about how... <laughs> You joked that um, this podcast would end in a fight to the death between us. <laughs> um, I'm tempted to apologize, but I don't. I don't think anyone um, <laughs> needs me to do that or expects that. Um, told all of our guests, um, told all of our friends, of course, um, but just needed, needed time to, to do whatever I'm doing right now. Um, when our friend, uh, Wyatt died, we did a episode called Grief Interruptus, um, that was just us sitting down and talking it out and talking about how we felt and how we deal with grief. And so now I'm going to attempt to do that by myself. I'm new into this. I, um, I guess it's only been a little over two months 
for whatever reason, Mondays are the hardest, which I guess in life, Mondays are always hard. So, um, it's a Monday and, um, yeah, I'm just learning. There's kind of, I keep calling them like hurdles or checkpoints in this journey. Um, there's the obvious ones and then there's the ones that you don't really see coming. And there's ones that don't make sense at all. Um, one I didn't see coming was the new year. Um, and when I talked to her best friends, Kelsey and Jenny and her mom about it, it was just like, yeah, we don't want to start a new year without her. That makes total sense, you know. And then you busy yourself and you be strong and you plan to do a love letters for Carly episode and you plan to go on this trip and you plan all these things and then you just go back to kind of square one I guess another thing that I learned was um you know the way I described that night was the worst night of my life um the worst night of all the people that loved her the most um lives but the weirdest thing was I feel like I felt it completely when it happened um I've never blacked out from emotion before, but I did. And I can't fully remember it. And I finally understood. I think maybe Carly cut this out of an episode or out of the episode that um, she threw up when Wyatt died. Um, I felt just nauseous. And so I felt it completely. But I say with all sincerity that I never, I never thought she would die. I never believed it. I, I thought she'd outlive me, honestly. Um, and I don't know why I believed that. Um, I think what I'm dealing with now is this weird combination of consciously never believing it, never thinking it could happen. Um, but subconsciously, maybe for 10 years, believing that it could happen. And kind of those two meeting each other and saying, hey, what's up? Let's figure this out. Yeah, I came fully. And then I was processing with my friend Sophie in New York the week after. And I was like, it's weird because I feel like, God, that was the worst thing ever. But next week, she'll be here <laughs> it's this weird feeling of like god that sucked okay well back to normal um but that's not what death is it's it is permanent it is final and that is the hardest thing to comprehend it doesn't make any sense and that i think that's what these like checkpoints are they're just like reminders and reality hits because you cannot possibly process it all at once 
the first time I did something social, the first time I came back to Austin, the first time I drove to Fort Worth, those were all just more reality settings. And I remember packing for Fort Worth and like listening to music and telling my sister later, it was just like, I'm packing for my best friend's funeral. Like what the fuck? And, um, (laughs) I wanted to tell her that, um, in the car is probably where I cry the most besides like, you know, in my room or in the shower. Um, because it's kind of the place that you can't really be distracted and you're listening to music. And I just kept hitting next on every song. And then the only song that made me not cry was F you by CeeLo Green. (laughs) Being with her family for the first time and um, just being in that house for the first time without her um, was obviously another big hit. Um, But it was also just really really healing and her um, her funeral and memorial was so beautiful and I just kept thinking I I wish I could tell her about it I wish I could tell her that her little her little nephew Simon was just kind of walking around the funeral home and didn't really know what was going on and was kind of walking around and kicking his feet and that just made us really needed a laugh when we really needed it um I wish I could tell her that her sister Meredith just did such an amazing job at communicating what was happening when it was and Letting us be able to say what we wanted before we couldn't anymore. But then just letting, just seeing herself let herself completely go on the day of the funeral. And me, um, <laughs> I keep saying that I attacked <laughs> Mrs. Donahue. Wyatt's mom and Dr. Donnie, who her dad, his dad, um, at the funeral because I just held on to them so tight. And, and she said that some people live their whole lives and don't get to have a friendship like ours. And it's true. I wish I could tell you about the people that showed up that was kind of random and people that I hadn't seen since I was 18 (laughs) and the people that I just hugged and we just kind of nodded and went our separate ways. Um, 
I wish I could tell you that um, our theater director of the infamous Kitsu Care, Deborah Jung, showed up and that made me cry. And I don't remember what she told me, something super whimsical, <laughs> like Carly's climbing a mountain and, you know, all that. And it's true. She was one of the first people I saw. And then two of our favorite teachers, Mrs. Cook and Dr. Lattimore, came up the stairs and I lost it again. And I <laughs> just kept losing it. But it was just so, it was so cathartic to like hug pieces of you, you know, hug people that knew a different part of your heart and your soul. Um, and I got up and I spoke and a lot of people have told me like, I don't know how you did it and so strong and one I kept saying well I was a fucking wreck the rest of the day so I just you know held it together for six minutes um but I also think it wasn't my strength it was yours and it was God's that I just borrowed and it was this weird thing where it wasn't hard it was easy because when you think about public speaking, you think about having to be really confident and perform and say these words. And I've always said that it's been so much easier for me to be someone else. That's why I love theater. I can just disappear in a character. <laughs> I'd rather do that or sing than speak as myself. But just knowing that like, it was appropriate to be shaky for my leg knees to buckle and my voice to shake and to stutter that was fine that was what was expected so it weirdly made me not nervous and it was easy I don't know why it was but it was a slideshow that Kelsey made is awesome but I lovingly refer to it now as a horror film because obviously it makes me feel every emotion in the world but it's so amazing it's as my mom keeps saying like baseline Carly should be here like it sucks she should be healthy she should be alive done period full stop but when I try to think about silver linings and when we try to hold on to lighter things I just look at your life and I'm like it's amazing and I wonder if it's you know my best years <laughs> I've always been a nostalgic person and now it's like <laughs> I just kind of live there. <laughs> There's great videos in there. <laughs> a New Year's video of us that has circulated the internet multiple times. Of us reviewing Harry Potter. I had not seen again. <laughs> There's a video of you dancing with your mom. <laughs> 
and make it a stupid, funny video with Meredith. And y'all doing the Great British Relish Bake Off, which I wasn't into that show now. Show then, and, and now I'm so into it. And I don't know... I don't know how heaven works. <laughs> I don't know if you can see things and hear things or what. But I hope someday you can hear what your sibling said about you that Blake talked about. All of y'all's adventures, y'all were kindred spirits in a lot of ways and how he saved your life a lot of times on your adventures but this time he couldn't and Meredith talking about how y'all are Joe and Bennett from Little Women and Joe and Bennett <laughs> how y'all are Joe and Beth little women but that she's Beth and you were Joe and Joe's not supposed to die and then your sweet brother Grant who's our Wobby Wob edited this podcast for completely free just wanted to be a part of it and just could not have been kinder throughout the whole thing he couldn't get up and speak but I think he did something braver where he came up to me at your house and said you know I'm I'm not going to speak tomorrow but I just wanted to tell you that when your cancer came back, your first thought was you just wanted to wait to tell us. You just wanted to have a little bit of time before everything changed again. And then he told me a story that's now one of my favorites since I wasn't there with you at the and you were struggling so much and you know you were having trouble just doing really basic things but then you were able to you were able to sit down in your wheelchair all by yourself and Grant was so upset watching you struggle but then you looked at him with just this face of like, look, I did it. <laughs> and it was, I mean, I can just see your face in his because <laughs> y'all are siblings and you look a lot alike. But also because I could just see it so like excited and silly and goofy and being like, wow, I did it. Well, I feel like now is as good a time as any to butt in. Um, I'm Grant. I've been 
Um, I'm Carly's brother. I've had the pleasure of working on the audio for the podcast since the beginning, and I just wanted to take the time um, as a surprise guest um, to thank each and every listener um, for what you guys provided to Monica and Carly um, over the past two or three years. And it's just been such an incredible experience to be able to work with Carly and Monica, and especially Carly, obviously. Um, You know, being siblings, we were into so much of the same stuff growing up. And, you know, as we got older, our interests kind of, you know, they just kind of went separate ways as far as our professional career. She was always into reading and writing, and I was into more playing and listening with music and, um, you know, the things that I'm interested in. Carly was, um, you know, in the science world, and I was in the finance world, and we never got to really overlap our interests too much um, until this podcast came along. And um, I had recently been getting in, getting into um, producing and audio editing, and um, it was just a, a perfect opportunity for us to be able to work together. And uh, it's something that I, I, I will always, you know, cherish. And um, that's a, a credit to all, all the listeners and all the supporters. Um, just want to say thank you guys so much for, you know, all the support you've given Carly and Monica and, and myself. And um, I'm so glad that, you know, this project has had a, an impact on so many people um, in, in addition to myself and Monica and Carly. And with that, I will hand it back to Monica. Um, and I'll just leave it with a clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. Bye, guys. I'm so glad we did this freaking podcast. I haven't been able to listen to it yet, but I know in years to come, it's going to be such a gift. I think part of me doesn't want to listen to it. I mean, one, because it just feels a little too soon. But two, I mean, Carly and I, we we bickered and we we fought. And that was just a testament to how similar we were, how long our friendship was. And part of me just doesn't want to hear me be annoyed with you. (laughs) But then I think you wanted to be treated like a real person. You always did. So if I was annoyed with you or I corrected you or I said, no, no, Carly, we're in the fashion report. We're not talking about Jason Street's hair, you know, (laughs) that that's how you wanted to be treated. It's weird to me that, well, first of all, I just cannot think it's a mistake that the love letters with Lorraine, with, (laughs) we always got this wrong. (laughs) The Love Letters with Lorraine episode was the last one we recorded because you told me stuff that keeps echoing in my head. So thank you for that. But also that we ended in West Dillon. We never made it to East Dillon. I'm wearing the East Dillon shirt right now that I ordered for you too. 
but it's this weird depiction of a chapter closing and I don't know I just can't think it's a coincidence but as far as y'all the Panthers never Lions (laughs) um Obviously, I'm not going to continue this podcast the way it was. Um, I just can't. I mean, maybe in 10 years or something. But right now, I see myself keeping this community alive somehow. But just obviously not in the way that it was before. You have this blubbering word vomit episode. You're welcome. I'm working on that love letters for Carly where I'm going to string together messages. And I just want to say I totally understand if it's too hard or if you need time, we can do part two, whatever. It's hard for me to even listen to them sometimes. So I totally get it. But yeah, so maybe we'll do part one, part two. That could be in months. There's no timeline because there's no deadlines or timeline with grief. So that's just what we're going to do. And then when I can finally listen to the episodes again, maybe I'll do a season one highlight reel, you know, just get our best, funniest, weirdest moments and put them in a super cut. When I'm finally able to watch season four and five again I will let y'all know maybe I'll just do some polls on the Instagram or ask questions or something we can just kind of watch it together talk about it that'd be fun I also have our notebook that we wrote our episode notes in so I don't know maybe there's an episode in there maybe I can read some funny expert excerpts that I find And eventually, I have my podcast that I just started before this just for fun called Monologue that I'll probably do some things on, not consistently like this, not not like this, but just some fun stuff. So, yeah, I do love podcasting, but obviously it's not easy right now and we'll never be the same so yeah I before I play this clip I'm gonna I'm gonna put in my my eulogy at the end of this if you want to listen and I'm also gonna link the whole memorial YouTube link where you can see all the speeches from her family and the horror film slideshow (laughs) Um, it's really beautiful. I'm going to link that so you can see it. Um, but before I do, I just want to say, I put this on my Instagram story (laughs) that people are afraid to talk about death and they're afraid to talk about, they're afraid to bring it up with people that have lost people. And I just want to say, just try. 
even if you don't do it right, even if you stumble through it or you say the wrong thing or it's awkward, just try. Because I'll tell you the people that are too afraid to say something versus the people that <laughs> try too hard. I'll take the people that try too hard every freaking day over the people that just say, uh, I don't know how to do it, so I'm just not going to do it. So reach out. Do what you can. Obviously, people don't want to talk about it every day, every minute of every day. They're already thinking about it. But check in. Don't check in once and cross it off your list and say, well, I did it. Be consistent. And, yeah. I love all of you. And let's keep, um, ugh, I was going to say, let's keep doing life together. I hate that phrase, but yeah, let's keep, um, let's keep, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> clear eyes, full hearts. Can't lose. Love you. Due to her recent engagement, I thought being apart from my sister on a holiday for the first time was going to be the hardest part of Thanksgiving. But Thanksgiving Eve 2021 became for me and a lot of people here the worst night of our lives. I truly never believed I could lose Carly until it was happening. I have cried uncontrollably. I have felt my heart physically throb and ache. But until a reality I had actively and stubbornly rejected for so long became impossibly real, I had never wept and grieved with my entire body. The shock and unbelief of her death is both a testament to how much we all never wanted to accept this loss and also to the fact that she was the strongest and bravest person I will ever know. Carly and I met almost 20 years ago, um, but our friendship really formed the summer before sixth grade at Kids Who Care Theater Camp. Bolstered with the new confidence I found there, proudly adorning my new apprentice t-shirt, I introduced myself to this new girl. The room was instructed to ask your new camper specific get-to-know-you questions, and we quickly found out just how much we had in common. I would later make the big move and ask her to hang out at the Colonial Country Club pool. <laughs> and to my dread, when we got there, the place was completely empty, and little 12-year-old Monica was like, this is going to be so awkward. But we ended up hanging out in the shallow end of the pool for hours and never ran out of things to talk about the exact same way we were up until the end. We recently joked about how many methods of communication we used on a daily basis. So after this successful play date, um, we became unhealthily inseparable. Um, <laughs> I still can remember vividly us misbehaving during rehearsal and talking when we'd been asked to stop a hundred times, and my sister came up to me and said, Monica, you, you really got to cool it. And I remember saying back, I know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just really excited to have a best friend. I do believe in the saying that it's always darkest before the dawn, but for us, it was, for us, it was often the opposite. It was more it's always brightest before the lights go out. In seasons of being on the outs with each other, we one time tried to take an active friendship break because we were too close. 
<laughs> God always relentlessly pointed us back to each other so that we were always the closest before another tragedy would occur. Even counting the times we literally had no other friends and would call each other as soon as we got home from school, we were the closest we've ever been this year. And that's what makes this all the more devastating, but beautiful still. God wanted us to live our friendship to the absolute fullest, and we did. And that's why it not only feels incom incomprehensibly heavy, but simply unnatural to be without her. If you knew us at all, you knew how much we love TV. Well, now I feel like I've been dropped in the middle of one. This isn't my life, and I'm at the point in the story where upon each rewatch, you want to skip ahead because you don't feel like you can handle living through that part again. You know, I'm kind of mad at her. <laughs> I know we love so many of the same things, but I never, never truly knew how intrinsically linked she was with everything I loved until she was gone. I will think of her every day regardless, but she will come into the sharpest focus when I find yet another aspect of Harry Potter I love and want to tell her about. When I can finally bring myself to watch Friday Night Lights again. When I want to confess something weird and know she's the only one that won't judge it and probably feels the same way. Every time my family quotes, it's a wonderful life. Every time Emily and Lorelai Gilmore make me cry. Every time I hear the shins or death cab for cutie. She pushed me in and inspired me so much in life, and I'm determined that her spirit pushes me even more in death. I've been making a Carly list, and I'll share just a few. Read her favorite books, Lord of the Rings, all of them. It's going to take a while, but I will. Um, <laughs> the Time Traveler's Wife, Into the Wild. Walk a 10K, I think I could do that. Um, <laughs> speaking of tattoos, I might need to get one. Sorry, Mom. Um, <laughs> Something small, something for her. Okay. That's a good tip. I don't think I'll scuba dive, but maybe I'll go snorkeling again or something. Yeah, we'll, we're working on it. What a year we've had, friends. Around February, I told someone, I hope Carly and Wyatt end up together. I had no idea what that meant then. I read somewhere recently that grief is love with nowhere to go. We'll let it stay with us and bring with it what it's meant to and let it spread further and deeper than before to the people in our lives. I know I should quote the Bible to close this out, but instead I'm going to share a few quotes from Albus, Percival, Wolfric, Brian, Dumbledore. <laughs> Happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one only remembers to turn on the light. You think the dead we truly love, we loved truly ever leave us. You think we don't recall them more clearly in times of great trouble. And finally, to the well-organized mind, death is but the next great adventure. Well, I can't wait to join you in the greatest adventure one day, and I'll try my best to keep up.